on guys welcome to the fear being average podcast episode number 29 of the health fitness and performance series with your host brandon rinka on today's episode we take a look at how to reverse aging yes if i could bottle this up i could sell it for billions of dollars because i can't do that i'm gonna do the next best thing and that is talk about strategies and practices that can help actually take the aging process slow it on down and look better stronger and more fit as we age and fight off all those nasty symptoms that come along with advanced age and old age, okay? So we're gonna go over a lot of different things today. We're gonna take a look at the blue zones and what their strategies are to have people live to 100 with an incredible health span. And we're gonna look at more Western practices as well that we can introduce into our day-to-day busy lives. Like always, guys, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Feel free to comment, share, do everything you can to build and boost this podcast send it off to friends and today's episode is specifically sponsored by our new glute building program it is a 12-week 16-page guided program to help you build your glutes it is labeled all i want for christmas is a butt it is now available at brandonrinka365.com under the get strong now tab guys enjoy today's episode Hey guys, so if you do not want to live a long time, do not listen to this podcast because this episode is based around you guys living longer. Very excited to talk about this topic because I feel like I can be the first person that lives to 150 years old. <laughs> this is a Chris Trager line from Parks and Recreation, but it's funny, Mel and I would watch that show and he's this overly energetic, happy-go-lucky character on the show and he's he's all about health and he's always you know taking vitamins and working out and exercising and doing different things to kind of take care of his body and he he says that in the episode and mel always compares he's like oh my god this guy's you so do i think i'm gonna live to 150 i don't know i don't know if i really want to but i do want to live a long healthy life and that's what this episode is about regardless of how long you want to live if you're content you live into your 80 until you're 90 into your hundreds good on you What we're going to try to do with this episode is not only talk about how we can reverse aging, but how we can live longer and feel better as we age. And that's kind of what reverse aging is. It's not that we're going to remove the possibility of of this experience being infinite. No, this is a finite experience on Earth, right? We're only going to live for so long. But if we can reverse aspects of aging that are less desirable, you know, whether it is sickness and disease uh, and the body is getting beat up and dependence on other people to help us move and function, those things can be controlled, right? Regardless of when I go or when any of us go, if we can eliminate as much, you know, impracticality as possible and we can eliminate as much dependence as possible because that doesn't seem like life you know, that's, that's very fun living, having other people that have to, you know, support us to live a life, right? Because obviously right now, if we're somewhere in between our 20s, between our 40s, 50s, 60s, we probably function really well for the most part, unless we have some, you know, major condition. And that's that's life. That's fun. It's freedom. It's control. It's independence. And we want to keep that for as long as possible. And I think there's a lot we can do as a society, a lot of things that are in our control that can actually allow us to 
prevent the things that really beat the body up from happening. And, and there are signs, right? It's, it's not like cancer all of a sudden just shows up in the body. It's going on within the body. It's internal, right? There's something that's not functioning properly, right? There's something that's really disrupting our system. So we need to understand this and, and attach that to our daily habits and choices, right? There are th- things we can do day to day that will affect how our body functions 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40, 50 years from now. And that's just the truth. And we might not see these things happen today, right? But they will inevitably come and get us, right? Unless we do our due diligence, if we take pride in what we're doing today, and that we understand the big compound effect of our daily choices and habits on the future. And sometimes we lose attachment between the two, and we don't understand how what today what we do today can actually complement and affect what happens tomorrow and years down the road. Uh, and that's what we're going to go over, right? We're going to really talk about the things that we can do that allow us to live not only long lives, but healthy lives. I think that's the most important thing. So it's a good place to start out is, is by talking about the blue zones. If you've never read the book, The Blue Zones, I really highly recommend it. Um, it goes over a, lot, a very holistic approach, and if you don't know what the blue zones are, it's basically parts of the world that produce a high number of centenarians, I meaning they live to 100 years old. So there's these parts of different countries and different cities within the countries that they promote this. They don't just promote. They produce people living well into their 90s, early 100s, right, which obviously that's far greater than the life expectancy you know, in America and in some other countries, right? Um, but they just have a high number of these individuals. So something's going on. They're, like, they're obviously doing something right if people are living well into their 90s and actually making it to 100 years old plus, and not only just making it there, but doing really well once they get there. They're functional, articulate, uh, coherent 90-year-olds and 100-year-olds, right? They're active. They're moving their body they're connecting with family, like they're they're part of the community, right? They're not just taking up space, right? They're literally part of a well-designed, thriving community, and you know they're enjoying their life still, and that is really important, right? Uh, and when we're talking about you know the benefits of this, like they're obviously focused on health span over just lifespan, right? It's not just about getting to a number, but it's living well into that number. Uh, still having control of our life and still enjoying our life. And like I said, being part of a, a functioning society in some realm. And the cool thing is they help produce 10 to 12 year increase in life expectancy. That's a, that's a, that's a decade of your life, right? And these practices that these blue zones adopt, it could help you increase your life expectancy by 10 to 12 years. That's incredible. Right, simple things that we have control over, right? Things that we can do day to day that the outside world doesn't really have much of an influence over, that we can actually adopt strategies and practices that will give us an extra 10 years on this planet. Pretty damn cool when you really think about it. So, what are these blue zones off the bat? Well, there are Acara, Greece, there's, I'm gonna butcher some of these cities, Sardina, Italy, there's Okinawa, Japan which is kind of the, the one that's you know, highly known if you are into the blue zone research. 
uh, Loma Linda, California, and then there's Nicoya Peninsula, Costa Rica. So those are the blue zones that really produce these long-living, active, healthy individuals, right? So what are some of the main principles of the blue zone? So we're going to get into things that we can do, obviously, but it's a great place to start, right? The blue zones are producing these, you know, healthy, flourishing individuals, right? Well, let's just look right into that section and right into the information they're providing us. And, and that will obviously help guide us in a very effective manner. So off the bat, they talk about being kind to people, right? Not being pissed off at the world, not being miserable, seems simple, makes sense. Again, you look around, there's a lot of miserable people walking around. Uh, I don't know if you're um, you know, from North America here, if you're listening to us, chances are you are. Um, but again, you see a lot of people just pissed off at the world. They're consuming content and bullshit that makes them think in a very negative manner. And they live life like that. They're they're constantly in this state of anger, disappointment, and they, they kind of put themselves in this state of depression and anxiety all the time based on what they're consuming, what they're talking about, what they're thinking about. So being kind can actually, you know, you know, counter what that feeling is, right? Obviously, right? If we're kind to people and we're smiling at people and we're interacting people with good intentions, right, and we're bringing light into the world, well, that's in direct conflict with being miserable. So that's an easy one. They have social connections. People in the blue zones, they promote connecting with people, connecting with family, connecting with friends, right? Being part of a community, being part of a society, like actively engaging with people, not hiding from your neighbor, neighbors, not walking past people, ignoring them, like actively engaging with people around you, right? And I'll see that all the time. You see people that have these strong connections with their neighbors, right? They're not maybe not best friends, but they talk to people. They have these, you know, one to three to five minute conversations. And that's why I always loved working in a gym, right? I love that space. You go into a gym, it's just high energy. You get to know the members. And that was one of the biggest, you know, attractions of working in a gym space is not only are you in a space that you love, like I love working out, I love training, I love the gym environment, um, but it was the people too. And it was those those conversations midday and, and you had the same people that you would talk to and you would build up this rapport with people and you would go home feeling very fulfilled, right? And it was simply based on the interaction. Compare that to people, you know, I'm not gonna put everyone in this category, but at a bank, like bank tellers or people that work in, I don't know, the most depressing place I ever fucking see is the dollar store, right? Like it's just, you know, especially if it's like, if it's a rundown one. And it's just people are just, they look miserable. They're, they're working the cash and they're just miserable people. And that doesn't, that's not saying that the job is that necessarily, but it's the people, they adopt this energy. So, and because they probably lack social connection, what, there's two employees there, they're talking to people in a very uh, monotone manner. It's very repetitive. You know, there's a lack of energy and interaction and, and purpose behind the conversation. So having these conversations and these connections with people uh, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances, is just so incredibly powerful and obviously really promotes longevity. Um, purpose is a huge one. The Okinawa is in Japan. They have this thing called the Ikigai, right? Ikigai, Ikigai, uh, spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. And it's basically a purpose, right? It's the reason for waking up in the morning, right? It's attaching something to your life bigger than just yourself. You're not just waking up rolling out of bed and going, oh, another day. 
No, they have a purpose. They're excited. They have something that people rely on them for, right? There's a meaning to their life. They've attached meaning, purpose, and passion to waking up in the morning. So incredibly important. Something I, I constantly try to advocate to clients um, and through just conversation when either when I'm talking to, you know, a magazine or a newspaper publication, if I'm after, you know, I do one of my challenges, I talk about that connection, that link that, yeah, like when I wake up, I have something to train for, I have a purpose. And that purpose isn't just to build my body up to a certain degree, and to get my body functioning at this rate where I can take on these epic challenges, but it's also the purpose of doing these things to then use my experience to share my experience with other people and educate from a point of you know true experience, right? Being in these situations, and I have a lot of you know lessons learned. I have a lot of ups and downs, a lot of failures, a lot of successes, and I'm able to then take that information and put it back to other people, and that's just a part of my purpose, right? Working as a trainer, working as a fitness coach, as a corporate consultant uh, through the health and fitness space. It allows me a podcast. It gives me an outlet to wake up and, and provide you know, something bigger than just showing up and then going home and mindlessly disengaging again, right? Not... Overconsuming calories is a big one in the blue zones, right? A great quote by you know one of the ladies in the, in the book, The Blue Zones. She says, "Eat until you're eighty percent full," right? That's a good way to live live life, right? Rather than stuffing your face until you can't eat another bite, right? That's not a successful you know, engagement or relationship with food. Eat till you're about eighty percent full, right? Leave something in the tank, right? That's a, that's a pretty good mindful way to eat without really having to stress over food. And then they also talk about non-processed foods, these blue zones, you know, a lot of them are, you know, not necessarily thriving economically, um, yet they're still healthy and living a long time and they're not ingesting and consuming overly processed foods, right? Remember, like when, when the act of processing occurs, it shifts the food from a friendly state of bacteria to an unfriendly bacteria state, right? So it literally takes out the good and replaces it with the bad just so they can mass produce, mass manufacture, sell at a cheaper cost. And obviously that sounds attractive to people that want to have food for less price. But guess what? You're eating a lot of shit that your body shouldn't be consuming and you're not taking in good bacteria that's actually helping your system function optimally. Movement daily. They're not massive advocates of working out and training in these blue zones what they do promote maybe because it's a lack of access um but what they do promote is daily movement constant activity just by your interaction with how you go about your day right they do a lot of things like they walk to the grocery store they walk to get water they go and walk to their neighbor's house right they move around and they do their laundry they cook food they pick from the garden they're doing things they're up and down they're moving constantly throughout the day they're getting their steps in simply not as a, a, a place of exercise like they're not scheduling that time to move and to exercise and to train their body necessarily but they're doing things that are strengthening their limbs engaging their muscles expressing their body in a full expression so it's again one of those things where they're constantly off their butts on their feet doing something right movement is a huge 
aspect of the blue zones. And then a positive outlook on life is another major aspect of these individuals living such long lives and healthy lives. Um, it's And what the, how they describe this is not worrying so much about your own problems, which I love that, right? Why do we have a negative outlook on life so often, right? Because we're usually looking in the mirror and saying, woe is me. And we're dwelling on what's not going right in our lives, right? We're not attractive enough, we're not making enough money, we didn't get that promotion, life is hard, I'm restricted to do from doing this, doing that, oh, I have to do this, I can't get out of here. It's just a constant realm and space of negativity, right? Because we're focusing on us. We're focusing on our shit. And that's not to say, well, let's rectify that and create positivity and create a more successful narrative with your in your own life. But sometimes it's looking outward and saying, well, there's other people that have it worse than me, right? And it comes down to gratitude, right? Be grateful for what you have and then try to be empathetic towards other people's situations because you really don't have it that bad. You, know, you have a roof over your head. You have access to food, an abundance of food. You have warmth. You have the ability to control your situation. You have the ability to pay 20 bucks for a gym membership and get strong and build up your body and build confidence and rectify a ton of issues that catch up to people in old age. Like We have the opportunity to learn on a dime, to earn a degree online, right? To be as knowledgeable as the top 10 or, or 1% in an industry simply by putting in the time and work, right? I can become an expert by literally just showing up and learning and taking in information on my own accord. But a lot of people, they don't do that, right? And they dwell and they bitch and they cry. And again, sometimes when we t- look at other people's problems and we, and we try to solve those problems, right? It takes the attention away from what's wrong in our life, right? It allows us to see things a little bit differently, a little bit more clearly. And it, again, it, it, it makes you more productive as a human being, right? Because now we're there for somebody else. And that's not to say we don't work on ourselves because I, I, I'm in the opinion of you need to build yourself up to a certain level of strength to help others, right? If I want to be the strongest partner, brother, son, boyfriend, father one day, coach as possible, I need to be strong. I need to take care of my mental, emotional, physical well-being so I can be that strong outlet for others, other people, right? So I'm not beat down and drained. So there's kind of a, a back and forth to it, obviously, but a lot of the times I will focus on other people's problems. I'll try to help solve problems, and what does that do? It makes me focus less on my problems, less on my insecurities, less on what's not going to perfection in my life, right? And it might give me a different perspective as well. So that's what the blue zones are doing, and obviously very valuable. All those things are anti-aging. They're going to help reverse the aging process dramatically, right? Again, if you want to have more in-depth information on those topics and kind of see how each individual, you know, blue zone works and functions, I suggest reading the book. It is by the author, let's see if I have it right next to me here, Dan Butner. okay? So again, that is the book that you can pick up. I highly suggest it. Now, what can we do on top of that and how can we get a little bit more specific with it? Well, we'll look at a few of them, and then I'll kind of go over how we can schedule that in an optimal day. So eating whole foods, right? Big one. When we eat whole foods, what does that look like from the opposite side? Well, not eating junk foods, 
right? Junk food, processed foods, it causes inflammation, unfriendly bacteria. Uh, it is a large proponent of heart disease and a lot of things that cause premature death, right? Um, we want to make sure we're eating one ingredient whole foods, right? Going to our farmer's markets, eating raw organic foods, right? An egg is an egg. You know, hopefully beef is beef, spinach is spinach, banana is a banana. You get it, right? It's not processed and built up of a whole bunch of crap, right? And we're eating healthy stuff. We're not constantly storing food in packages and bags to consume, right? The more we do this, the body adapts. So if you're right now saying, well, that's not practical. I got kids that like to eat like shit. I got my wife or husband that doesn't like to eat healthy. It takes time. Yes, it takes a community. It takes people adopting the strategy and taking this new way of life into consideration. But over time, it obviously helps people kind of get in on track and they feel better, right? They're functioning better. There's ways to get creative and make up you know, good recipes and healthy recipes that taste good. So again, a lot of options there. Even with spices, right? We're talking about eating whole foods, things like garlic and ginger and turmeric and curcumin in the turmeric. So, so powerful for the body, right? They fight off disease. They fight off cancers. You know, some of these spices were ancient medicinal um, spices and uses for people with severe diseases and sickness, right? And for some reason, it's not as t- talked about as it probably should be. So taking these, thing, these things and adding them into your diet, you know, having green tea, doing lemon and ginger, um, adding garlic to things, natural garlic is, you know, for sure, um, is so, so powerful for the body, right? It can help, like I said, release and break down, you know, the bad bacteria and keep our body functioning optimally. And then antioxidants that you can find within fruits and vegetables and seeds and nuts, they fight off the free radicals, the free radicals that are, you know, taking out our, our healthy cells. And we want to make sure that those antioxidants actually help fight back and, and whole grains with the fiber and the nutrients in them as well. Very beneficial. Obviously, you know, all the macronutrients are critical. Um, you know, fat and protein being absolutely essential. Um, the other ones are just very complementary when we're talking about these spices and um, like certain carbohydrates like from whole grains, but protein and fats are absolutely essential. A protein is the building blocks of tissue, right? It's, it's built around repair and growth of cells. Um, like I said, it lessens and fights off sarcopenia, which is muscle loss due to um, aging. Very critical when we see people in old age their bones become more brittle. Um, there is, there's even indication where older individuals that are suggested to take calcium to build up their bones, it doesn't really work that well and actually kind of has some negative side effects sometimes because it creates some sort of calcium buildup. And because they're not sending a signal through proper strength training that they're actually not building up their bones, and that's the best thing you can do is send that signal for growth. And strength training is is a huge proponent of that, right? Um, So we really got to make sure we use protein to help supplement the growth of tissue and keep our muscles and body as strong as possible. Uh, And with fat, the same thing, right? Obviously very important for the cognitive side of things, you know, helping to fight off Alzheimer's and bipolar disorder. Um, Very critical there and is is essential for the body as well to help repair the cells and keep things functioning appropriately as well, right? Um, And then any nutrients like zinc, vitamin D, magnesium, vitamin C, B vitamins, having nutrient-rich foods, right? Nutrient-dense foods, which are 
which consist of whole foods, you're going to have all those micronutrients as a part of it, right? Getting outside, very important, right? Why is, why is getting outside so important? Well, obviously, sunlight, right? It is therapeutic. It is relaxing. It's good for the soul. It promotes movement. Vitamin D, obviously connected directly to sunlight as well. Most people probably don't need a supplement with vitamin D. If they get enough sunlight and vitamin D, you know, with the proper absorption of magnesium, which obviously helps the absorption with my, for vitamin T, vitamin D, sorry, helps build stronger bones, right? It's great for the immune system. Very important. And I, for me, like I said, the therapeutic thing has aspect has to be accounted for. We can't overlook the aspect of not only good for the body, but it's good for the mind, right? It keeps the mind active, keeps the mind present and connected. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to get out, disconnect, um, be in tune with our body and be in tune with what's going on around us. And it's just really healthy for the soul as a whole. Exercise and strength training. You know, we mentioned it with the blue zones of daily movement, and that's what exercise would consist of. Of course, we can have more structured movement. I think in the more Western side of things here, um, you know, we use exercise and we see it as a structured occasion, right? We are going to make time to work out. We're going to make time to exercise. We're going to put an hour aside. And again, I love working out. I like putting that time away in my day and, and structuring that time off. It's very fulfilling for me. It's the one thing in a day that really centers me and grounds me. And obviously with strength training compared to exercise, I did a podcast podcast on this. I think it was this week or last week. So either a podcast ago or two podcast episodes ago, I talked about the difference of exercise and training and the pros and the cons and the, but the direct differences of the two. And here we're talking about both, right? We obviously want to make sure we do engage in strength training. More and more research is coming up in studies and more people are actually putting money and time into studying the benefits of strength training and that narrative is definitely shifting from you know back in the 70s where doctors wouldn't even talk about it but we even see today like too many doctors that don't have a large understanding of the benefits of strength training they'll largely promote more exercise and movement that way but strength training like i said is so beneficial it is the number one form of exercise and training that the body will respond favorably for, right? You are going to improve insulin sensitivity. You are going to increase muscle mass. You're going to increase bone density. You're going to improve strength and performance and balance. It's great for cognition, right? The simple movements of strength training or the complex movements of strength training. said very important for the mental side of things and the cognition aspect of, of our health. So again, strength training, very, very important, right? Again, it fights off bone loss and muscle loss. So important in the old age, especially if you're in your younger years where you have the opportunity to build a solid amount of lean muscle tissue. Don't just do it for the aesthetics. If the aesthetics is, is your main reason, fantastic. Like I, It doesn't really matter, but, but keep in mind if that's not enough to motivate you into the gym, think about the internal benefits, right? All the things it's gonna protect your body for now and in the future. These things will catch up to us. So having a strong, durable foundation is so important, right? To alleviate potential risk of injuries, to alleviate chronic pain we're dealing with now. And I said, build our body up so it is much more durable 
in the later years of our life, right? And improving balance and coordination based on how strong our muscles are, based on how supported our ligaments and joints are, very critical. The best way to do that is by strength training, right? And do it in an appropriate manner where we can get into detail about this, but we have different blocks of training. We lift some heavy weights. We're in control. We're building up our core. We're strengthening both sides equally, upper and lower as well. Lots of different ways to do it. If you don't know how to, a little bit lost in this space, feel free to go to brandrinka365.com and there's plenty of resources for you there and you can even book an opportunity to work with myself. Um, and exercise alone, right? Very beneficial to get the body out in a more passive manner, whether it's cycling, whether it's hiking, running, biking. But what the blue zones really promote, like I said, is low intensity stuff. It's not very st strenuous. If we're talking about reversing aging. A very strenuous routine, like say I'm training for a triathlon or a half Ironman or Ironman or a ultra marathon, that actually shows negative effects in terms of longevity purposes. If I was trying to live as long as possible, I would never promote train for a Ironman or train for a marathon. Those things don't actually connect to longevity. That's not saying that they're not gonna help you live longer, but it won't help you live as long as somebody who is exercising and strength training in a much reduced stress state, right? All the things I just mentioned, crazy heavy lifting all the time, Ironman training, ultra marathon training, marathon training, it's very stressful on the body. A lot of work needs to be done, which isn't necessarily practical or healthy for the everyday individual. So even there, there's that gray area of doing too much actually gets in the way of becoming a centenarian and living a long, healthy life. So we have to be mindful of that. And grip strength is so big when we talk about strength training. There are studies that relate your grip strength to all-cause mortality. The stronger your grip strength is, the less likely you are to die from all-cause mortality. Pretty damn cool if you think about it, right? And that's why I love strength training. You're always gripping something, right? You're gripping to pull things down towards your chest. You're gripping things to push things away from your chest. You're gripping things to pull from the ground to standing. You're gripping things when you have bars in your back and you have dumbbells in your hands. If you're pushing a sled, farmer carrying stuff, so beneficial with grip strength. So that's why you know I highly promote strength training as well because again, the studies just keep coming out to see show why it's so damn beneficial for longevity purposes. Losing weight, we know obesity and being overweight is directly correlated to heart disease, which is leading cause of premature death. We see it in COVID deaths right now. The average death has four comorbidities. I'm gonna repeat that, the average death of someone who has COVID or dies from COVID, they have four comorbidities. So four types of diseases, right? Inflammation in the body, diabetes, they're obese. Like it's it's crazy. Like clearly this is a massive issue that's not being addressed. This is a whole episode in itself. But from a longevity purpose, right? Regardless if you get the COVID-19 or not, this is gonna kill you early. This is gonna take you out and it's gonna affect your quality of life. You're gonna move slower, you're gonna move in pain, you're gonna not want to move, your body's gonna feel restricted, your mobility's gonna be decreased. So many damn things happen, right? So we need to make sure we lower our body fat percentage, we gotta build more lean tissue. That's an easy way to do that. We build more lean tissue, guess what? We burn more calories automatically. We don't have to manually always burn those calories. 
right? And then we're going to lose some body fat and we're going to lose some weight. We're going to get to healthy weight. So we got to make sure living long and healthy, these blue zones that we talked about, they don't have obesity, right? The people are not obese. It's not a thing. But here we have an abundance. We have conversations rarely around eating healthier and taking in less of the shit or we promote it, right? We even see with COVID right now, people that get the double vaccine, they get rewarded, quote unquote, with free Krispy Kreme donuts or something from McDonald's. Like there's there's no actual responsibility being put into getting the body healthier from our own standpoint, right? We are just letting this disease kill us in the long run. And obviously that's not helping reverse aging. It's gonna make our skin look a certain way. It's gonna make our body function a certain way. You're gonna look way older than you should. Um, and it's just, just clearly gonna kill you far sooner than you could have lived if you just did the right things and we didn't live in a state of obesity. So, so important to do this in a smart, appropriate manner. Don't go for a quick fix. Do it smart, do it intelligently, do it the right way. If you don't know how to, if you don't have the consistency, I just recorded a podcast the other day, my last one on signs and suggestions of why you might need a coach, right? That you might fall into that category. So listen to that podcast. You don't know if you never hired a coach before, maybe you fall in that category and you need some assistance, right? So you can do it the right way. You can stay consistent and you can keep your eyes on the prize, right? And you can focus on longevity and a health span, okay? Sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Very beneficial. Something that, again, I'm, I'm loving the increased amount of studies and research behind sleep again. Or now uh, we're having a ton of books being written, uh, a ton of studies being shared and done. And it's so important, right, to recovery, right? Not only to, to the recovery of the muscles and the body and the rejuvenation of, of the body to kind of come back in a, an optimal state, um, but it's even linked to aging in the skin. So reverse, reversing aging, that, that also looks like the external, right? When you look a certain way, that's not reverse aging, right? That's obviously going how aging should be going, right? You should be looking like an older version of yourself. So a lack of sleep is linked to aging skin. So the function and the aging of the skin. So what does that look like? Well, there's slackening of the skin in the face. There's this reduced elasticity. Um, obviously, we kind of have those crow and fine lines on the on the skin and the face. And then there's this uneven pigmentation as well. So all those things, that didn't scare you a little bit or make you go, I mean, I got to get my sleep going because I don't want to look like a frail... <laughs> A frail looking person. You know, I don't want to have my skin sagging on me here before it should, or if I can help prevent that, I will. While well, sleep's a massive player in that, right? Why? Because it slows down the recovery from a variety of environmental stressors, right? And we're always consuming environmental stressors, whether it be sun or actual, you know, stressors of life that beats up the skin and the body a little bit. So we got to make sure we complement it at least with appropriate sleep. So not only uh, the quantity, but the quality of sleep as well. And, and sleep is vital to the growth and renewal of the body's immune system and phys physiological symptoms, right? So things like increasing our metabolic rate, creating a, a, a natural, smooth circadian rhythm, something that makes sense for the body. It's being signaled the right way. We have hormonal regulation occurring. You know, we're not having our hormone, hormones all out of whack, right? Functioning how they shouldn't be. It's functioning the right way. So 
very important and there was even a unique study that showed you know a higher bmi attached to poor sleepers over good sleepers was good sleepers having a higher bmi at 23 percent with poor sleepers at 44 percent right that's 20 percent more likelihood of you having a high bmi an unhealthy bmi because you're simply a poor sleeper now, obviously, when we think about poor sleepers and good sleepers, there's more attached to it, right? It's the habits and the choices based off of being a poor sleeper. It's not just saying that if the good sleepers and the poor sleepers had the exact same habits, that they would have this 20% discrepancy. No, it's what happens to the poor sleepers, right? They have these increased cravings. They have less desire and ambition they don't think as logically they think a little bit more emotionally that's a huge piece of the puzzle right when we're doing all those things we're less likely to work out we're less likely to move our body we're less likely to connect we're less likely to have a positive outlook in life we're less likely to do the thing we know we should be doing we're good sleepers when all those things are reversed well now they're thinking logically they have ambition they have motivation they have desire they have a positive outlook they're waking up with energy and they're flourishing and how they're feeling their hormones are regulated they're going to make better decisions so just so we have a little bit more of a deep dive on why there's a 20 percent gap there but again poor sleep really compounds into a lot of other unhealthy habits so we got to make sure we really address sleeping a good amount and sleeping with intention as well so what i mean by that is having quality sleep right getting to bed at a decent time basically hey guys if the sun starts going down let's start getting our body into a state of calmness and relaxation and get our body primed to sleep and then obviously this leads also leads to this self-perception of attractiveness, right? And that's well-being and outlook on life, right? If we have a higher BMI and we feel like we're less than we should be uh, and we're not living up to our potential from a physical standpoint, that's going to affect how we interact with people and how we interact with ourselves and with our spouses and people in our lives and how we look at other people. So it's one of those things from a mental side of things we can't neglect but we have to understand there's a clear divide when you look good you know, you feel good you perform good it's just the truth of things right so you got to make sure and keep in mind that yes we're not going to beat ourselves up for looking a certain way but we have to understand that if we look better and we felt better and we performed better they would all complement one another right so and it's such a, an important part of living longer because like i said we already attached it to a positive outlook on life and we want to create more opportunities where that becomes easier and easier for us so how could we schedule this how could we break this down where we put together a nice routine of all these things right obviously if you could break them down one by one it's not that hard to do but here's how i would kind of schedule and how i'd put this thing into practice right i would 100 percent make sleep a priority like i said the sun goes down you start unwinding do things that are relaxing do things that are not overly stimulating, right? Start shutting off lights, put on candles, wear some blue blocking glasses, you know, relax the body, get the body primed and get it used to a schedule. So your circadian rhythm and your hormones can react in an appropriate, consistent manner. Help others, right? Solve problems, wake up, be generous with your time. Don't be a selfish prick that just walks around and never thinks of other people, right? Connect with people, 
have this altruistic mentality, right? Give back to the world, right? Be someone who people can rely on and know that you have their back. Connect with people throughout the day. Take these opportunities. I'm not saying you have to become the most social person of all time, but again, there's a big difference, at least from anecdotally speaking for myself, days that I'm locked up in my room, I'm typing, I'm doing computer work, compared to days where I can actually interact with people. I'm not saying those days aren't productive, but in terms of my feeling of well-being and feeling of positivity and energy, so much different. Now, I'm a social individual, but I'm also a little bit introverted, right? I'm very social in certain situations, but I like to be on my own. I like to do my work and you know, I, I, pick, my, I pick my times. But I know I clearly see the difference when I'm around people connecting, whether it's on calls, in person, with neighbors, with people in stores. My energy is completely different. It's shifted, and I feel like I'm, I'm a part of the bigger picture of what this earth is and what this place is all about. Move throughout the day, right? Get up every hour, every 90 minutes, move your body, stretch, do small things, have a band. That's why I love having bands around, right? You can do band pull-aparts. You're hunched over your computer, you know, improve your posture, pull things back, do some bicep curls, do some air squats, pump out some push-ups, go for a walk, go for a hike, you know, go grab something, you know, just constantly move your body. Stop, stop staying static, right? Get up, do something, get your body in this consistent space of where it's going to move and, and it has to move or it feels like crap. Strength train, again, not too intensely, but definitely lift some weights. I prefer a two to one strength to exercise ratio. If that's not your jam, doing one to two, right? Meaning that every two days that you just do more light aerobic activity like walking, biking, cycling, hiking, stretching, mobility. You add in a strength training session, right? It's good for the body. You don't have to do that. Again, we have resources for you. There's no reason that you have to do a crappy routine or no routine at all. Throw out the processed shit, guys. Stop eating like garbage. We clearly see the data, the research. Everything points to you guys eating whole natural foods, to you living longer, living healthier, feeling better. Why wouldn't you want that for yourself? I don't care if people bitch in your family right about it. If you guys haven't built that ritual, you got to start building it, right? It's okay to have unprocessed shit every now and then. You can't control the world, right? You're going to go to places where it's just being offered, it's being suggested, it's being put out at parties, at Christmases, whatever. I get it. But at the same time, do yourself a favor. Don't eat the crap. It's not doing any good for your physical body. It's not doing anything for your, any good for your mental state. And it's certainly not helping you reverse the aspect of aging, right? You want to eat whole foods and get all those nutrients and those feel-good nutrients and vitamins in your body so it can just prosper and can, it, it can thrive. Get outside. This is why I love aerobic activity personally. Uh, I love getting outside when I'm doing something active. Um, if you're not just doing something active, still get outside. If you're going out for lunch, maybe eat outside. Get sunlight on your body. Wake up with intention. What are you pursuing today? Right? What's your intention? What's your purpose? What are you passionate about? What do you want to build? What do you want to create? Who do you want to help? What do you want to? What do you want to do? Right? What are you working towards? Have that intention. Know what you're doing. You know, wake up with some actual get after energy, right? Don't just wake up and, you know, kick rocks and your head down and shoulders forward saying, oh man, I can't wait to get home and go bed, go to bed, lie on the couch. Like come, come with some energy, you know, give back to the world, give 
give back to yourself, right? Come in with some good mojo, some good motivation, good desire, good ambition, um, and have this purpose, right? It can be helping people. Uh, that might be your purpose, right? Your purpose might be building a product or you know, helping a, a business grow or you know, servicing somebody. Just do something, wake up with that intention and be excited for the opportunity to do so. If you're not, find what you're excited about, find that intention and work on it, right? And go to bed grateful, be present, actively do this. Um, for me, I'm in a state right now, I'm building things, uh, different businesses, but I'm still working and I have a lot of, you know, very consistent, dedicated clients. And I'm very grateful for my schedule, grateful for what I have right now. Um, of course, things could be better, things could be worse, right? I, I understand that's always going to be the case, but I'm very conscious to be grateful for what I have. Um, because, you know, it, it's, it's easy to not be grateful. And it's easy to look at things that we don't have and how things could be better. And for me, it's taking that time to, you know, sit back with my thoughts and be present, right? Take it all in, be happy for the life I've created for myself, be proud of the life I've created for myself and, and keep working towards it, right? And, and even be grateful for things that didn't go your way that day. Be grateful for the learning opportunities and be grateful for the, the ability to change that tomorrow and come back with new energy, new desire uh, and a new pursuit and, and new perspective on how to do it better. And with that, make yourself a stronger version of yourself. So those are the principles, guys. Doing all those things, of course, that's going to help you greatly in the process of reverse aging, right? Stopping the process. I truly think I'm going to be someone in my 80s and my 90s that's going to be getting after. I really want to be that person. You know, so far I have three Canadian record first projects under my belt. At this rate, I'm 31. I could have 70 plus. Right? I'm going to keep doing things. I'm going to keep all these things in mind. I'm going to really nurture these things because, again, they're not just you know, speculated. They are researched. They are discovered. We've had the ability to go around the world and see how some of the most thriving, healthiest countries and places in these countries are living and, and then the research to back it up uh, within our own space. So it's one of those things is right in front of us. I hope this podcast gave you a little bit more direction, understand on how to approach those things and that you adopt some of the strategies we talked about on today's episode. All right, guys, have an awesome rest of the day and we'll see you in the next episode of the Fear Being Average podcast.